Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Focus. This is your host, DJ Act One, coming to you live from my studio. And I would like to thank you all for tuning in this morning on 9-11. And I, wanted, I just want to say, duh, never forget. Duh, never forget. It's the morning of 9-11, and we need to remember what happened back September 11, 2001, um, when the t- Twin Towers were destroyed and a lot of things were changed. So I want to just say welcome to the show. Uh, I'm going to be talking about what, um, you know, like something, think about your life and things that, that seem completely 100% impossible. I mean, just completely 100%, like there's no way, God, you know, there's no way this could happen. There's no way I could get a better job. There's no way that I could see this, there's no way that I could see that, there's no way that this would happen, or no way that that would happen. You know, just think about that, like, things that seem completely 100% impossible. I mean, without a doubt, they're just super impossible, right? Maybe you can't get a job that you need, maybe you can't uh, get that car that you need, maybe you can't take a vacation, you can't see this person saved, you can't do this, you can't do that, right? Super impossible. Well, we're going to look at a story that was in uh, First Kings. And, this is, you know, like, you think about things that are impossible. It's like all things with man are definitely impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Just absolutely nothing is impossible. I wasn't sure I was going to have this show ready for this morning because I didn't have a great topic didn't think about it you know I was just like I'm not sure what to talk about but prayed about it and the impossible became possible because now you're going to get an interesting little uh, show here from this morning uh, talking about some you know impossibilities because what happens in the story we're going to talk about this morning what happened in the situation we're going to talk about is something that seems extremely impossible but because somebody done as the Lord told them to do somebody did as God told them to do the impossible became extremely possible but first we're going to hear the song by B-Shock this is Broken Wings by B-Shock and you're hearing it here and now on The Focus You might be in a place in your life where God gave you wings, but you don't feel like you can fly anymore. Your wings are beaten, broke down by the world, but God wants you to fly. I'm so- 
I, even only I, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut into pieces and lay on wood, lay it on wood and put no fire under it. I will dress the other bullock and lay it on the wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God and let all people answered and all the people answered and said it is well spoken so basically what we've got so far is a bunch of people are worshiping Baal Balaam there's a bunch of people that follow Balaam and they're worshiping Baal and there's over 450 of those and then there's like 400 other people that eat with Jezebel at Jezebel's table these are all people you know that are not following the Lord. But Elijah, at this time, says that he is the only one that follows God. But he puts out a challenge and says, boom, here we go. I challenge, basically, I challenge you. Take two bull. Take these bull. Choose the one you want. Cut it up. Put it on an altar. I will choose the, I will take the other. I will cut it up and prepare it and put it on the other altar. But do not burn the altar. I'm going to call, you're going to call on Baal, and I'm going to call on God, the the Lord, the living God. And, the you know, and who, whoever responds by fire, that's the true God, basically. So, and everybody, and all the people said, it is well spoken, we're going to do this. So, they're like, basically, let whoever be God, the one that responds with fire. And they say, okay, it's well spoken, it's good. So, they're like, okay, this is good, this is good. So, let it be spoken. Basically, it's done. And they continue on from there, and they say, that was verse, that was... Verse 24, so now we're looking at verse 25, and it says, Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose one bullock of yourselves, dress it first, for ye are many. Call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leapt upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in journey, or you know, maybe he's asleep, or he sleepeth. And he must, you know, he must be awake. So basically, you know, he's mocking him, saying, oh, maybe he's busy, maybe he's doing this, maybe he's doing that. Maybe he's asleep and you got to wake him up. And um, then he, he goes on in verse 28 and says, And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and, and lancets till blood gushed upon them. Basically, it drove him crazy to know that their God wasn't answering. And it came to pass, verse 29, and it came to pass when midday was past, 
and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor in, nor any to answer nor any that regarded. Basically, nobody responded to all of Baal's prophets, all of Baal's people, all of Baal's followers. No, there was no response. And that's why Elijah mocked them and said, oh, maybe he's asleep, you know. Maybe he's just sleeping, you know. He's like, yo, maybe he's this. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's traveling and can't hear you. But if he was a god, you know, that wouldn't be possible because god, you know, they can hear you always everywhere. So, now we're going to look at verse 30. I think, though, it's interesting when you're talking about this kind of stuff to realize like back then they had even less things than we do now and they were able to do so much more in terms of how they worshiped and how they because they actually really believed and like with Elijah you know he had no problem doing this he had no problem going out and just saying look we're going to set up this challenge I'm going to do this, you're going to do that. Choose whatever you want, do whatever you want, call out to your God. But when you're done, basically, but when you're done, I'm going to call on mine. And so that's kind of where we're at. He says, and Elijah said to all the people, or in verse 30, Come near unto me, and all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the world, the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock into pieces. He cut up a bull. So, basically he's saying, build this big altar. He put the altar back together and he dug a trench that would hold two measures of seed. And he says, and he laid the bull that he just cut up into pieces on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood and he said do it the second time so basically you have eight barrels of water that were poured into this trench and he said do it a third time so now you have not only four not only eight but twelve barrels of water that were poured and the water ran around the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. So that was verse 35, and it says, And the water ran around about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. So they filled this whole area with just full of water. Completely, you know, and, and at this point there's no fire, there's nothing going on. It's completely wet. The altar, the the uh, the bowl, 
Everything has been covered in water. It's soaked, drenched. It's like um, if you were to get caught in a rainstorm, just completely drenched. Well, now we're going to look at Elijah's prayer. And this is verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said unto God, said, and said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that thou art the God, thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. And then, and then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water from the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God, and the Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal and let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the to the brook Kishon and slew them there. So he killed all these people, which I'm not 100% sure why he did. But Elijah killed like over 400 people, apparently. The people that were worshipping Baal. All those prophets of Baal, people that refused to follow God. They were killed. And because, I believe, because Elijah knew that God could do the impossible, I think, I believe that set the precedent that once the impossible happened, the Lord sent rain and their their uh, drought was over. They were having drought at this time. And, it, and he sent the rain and... It's you know this this it burned man it burned up. Just think about how impossible that sounds. Like have you ever went camping and had a rain and then all your wood gets wet and then you get you get some dry paper maybe even you know we get some dry paper you get some dry paper you get some dry leaves you get some dry stuff but your wood is wet and your leaves burn and your paper burns but then the wood doesn't burn because it's wet. So your your leaves and your paper burn out, and then you're left with no fire, and you can't cook, or you can't eat, or you can't have your little nice campfire to sit around and talk because everything's wet, except for the scraps you saved. Well, imagine, like, dunking all your stuff into a river, to a pond, a lake, a stream, and then setting it up to make your fire, and then just having fire basically come from heaven and consume everything, burn it all up, and make it disappear. Even your, even the ring around your fire pit, made out of stone, the stones disappeared. Everything disappeared. God used fire to burn up rock. He used fire so hot that it burned the rock. It consumed the dust on the ground. I'm assuming the dirt was gone. A lot of the dirt and dust was gone, and even the water that was put into the trench. So he pours all this stuff, all this water over that over his sacrifice which got burnt up burned up as well. So that is a lot of fire and all he had to do was call on the Lord because God told him to do this stuff anyways. 
And because he listened, he was able to say, this 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 man is Lord, you know. The Lord is God, not Baal. But I want to point out now, what part of your life is the wet altar? What part of your existence is the wet altar? What part of your friendship, your relationships, your spiritual relationship with God, what part of your um, daily walk with God, what part of your life is this wet altar? Or are you more like living more like Baal right now, where like Baal's followers right now, where you may say, oh, well, I'm calling on my God, but he ain't doing nothing, and I ain't getting nothing back because you're living for yourself, or you're living for this, or you're living for that. But you don't take your time to just, you know, do as as God's told you to. Or you don't take your time to maybe go to church because you're doing working so much and you're playing so much and traveling and going here and going there and you can't really put everything together. Because that'd be, you know, because you're not getting much out of it. And and is there something impossible that's always staying impossible? Sometimes, you know, God may say, you know, that's impossible because I don't want to hurt you in the way that... I just don't want to hurt you that way. Because if you do this, something's going to happen and it may be bad. But just think about what's impossible in your life and really, you know, let God, you know, pray about it, talk to God about it. Because if God can burn everything up, even rock, sacrifice of a bull, dust, dirt, whatever, and water, and just from a fire that God just made happen and was hot enough to do all that, what can what impossibilities in your life can he break through? How can he see you maybe getting a better job, getting a better uh, relationship, getting some friends, or stepping out of your comfort zone to pray for people, or whatever that, you know, whatever you see is impossible. If, you know, God sees it in his will, it's going to happen, and the impossibility will no longer be impossible. Just like, oh, yeah, it's a wet altar. Everything's wet. It's drowned out. It's so wet. It's almost like, you know, it rained for hours and hours and hours, and the wood and the grass is soaked and everything, but it burns up. So just think, what impossibilities do you see in your life? Ask yourself, is there something you've been dreading? Is there something you need to to deal with and get over with so you can, you know, move on to a better something? And I'm not saying God's this fix-all, amazing, like, going to, take care of every teeny teeny little issue that you have and make you prosper beyond all measure because I don't really believe God works that way. But I do believe that for those big, huge, impossible things that God knows you need help with, all you got to do is ask and believe and truly believe it. And I believe that when the time is right, he will give you exactly what you need. It's not like he's going to be this amazing fix-all thing, like I just said, because he's not. Because I see a lot of these posts online where people are just like, oh, share this thing, God's going to bless you, share this, and maybe somebody will read it and God will be blessed, and you'll be blessed beyond, you know, a million prosperous prosperations of prospering, you know. I don't believe that God, God doesn't work like that. But what I will say is when there's a lot of impossible in your life, like God can shine through. And show somebody else God because they somebody could see a situation you're going through and see how and God could just poof you through it or God can get you through it 
may not be a poof, but God can get you through it, and that may show amazing, wondrous things to someone and let them know that your God, the God, is the true God. Now, we have a song by B-Shock. This is I Want to See Jesus here on The Focus.
second there was B-Shock with I Want to See Jesus. And on this morning's show on 9-11, we do want to continue to remember those who lost their lives in the 9-11 terrorist attacks in New York at the World Trade Center disasters. Morning show, we talked about basically God doing the impossible. Don't forget to check out First Kings 16 through 40 and a little bit thereafter. It is a great read. It is amazing. And I just love the way that God did the impossible. When you have something that is super wet, there's no way it's going to just burn unless God intervenes or you have some miracle chemicals that can just make it burn because that's not naturally possible but because god told somebody to do something and they listened the impossible happened so maybe next time god tells you to do something you should listen do it and see the impossible happen sometimes i've done it sometimes i haven't but sometimes the more i do it the more impossible i see happen so as always i just ask you to remember to keep your focus on christ And no matter what happens, he will never steer you wrong.